Well, very pleasant good morning to each one of you. Uh, Gavin and Elaine are in Conway today, where Gavin is uh, speaking at the Northside Congregation, so y'all are stuck with me here in this session this morning. If you have your Old Testament with you this morning, I would invite you to open to the book of Deuteronomy in chapter 30. Deuteronomy chapter 30 is where uh, we will be here in just a moment. As we think about our life, we can think about it from the standpoint of life being full of choices. A lot of the choices that we make in our life every day, we might consider to be very small choices, uh, choices that really, at least from our perspective, are kind of insignificant or inconsequential in the overall scheme of things. But we also know that there are other choices that are big. There are choices that are huge. There are choices that have consequences and have significance not only for our lives here upon earth, but also for eternity as well. And one of those choices that we could describe as a big choice that is a significant choice, that is a a choice of consequence, is the choice that each of us have between eternal death and eternal life. And we may not think about that choice every day as we make some of these smaller choices, but some of the what we would call smaller choices in life really add up over time, over a lifetime. And we can uh, think about our lives and the choices that we make each day as kind of moving us in one direction or another to that big choice of whether we're going to experience eternal death or whether we're going to enjoy eternal life. And so as we think about that choice for a little while this morning, I want us to think about the words of Moses here in Deuteronomy chapter 30. And they are the words that he is urging us to choose life. Deuteronomy chapter 30, I want to begin reading this morning at verse 15. Deuteronomy 30 and verse 15. Moses says to the children of Israel, See, I have set before you today life and prosperity and death, And adversity, in that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, that you may live and multiply, and that the Lord your God may bless you in the land where you are entering to possess it. But if your heart turns away and you will not obey, but are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall surely perish. You will not prolong your days in the land where you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess it. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. So choose life in order that you may live, you and your descendants, by loving the Lord your God, by obeying his voice and by holding fast to him. For this is your life and the length of your days that you may live in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give them. What we want to do in this session this morning is really focus upon verse 20 and to think about three things that Moses said to the children of Israel and three things that we can learn today about choosing life, what that means for us in our own lives. But before we look at the text here, I want us to just uh, kind of put... uh, Deuteronomy chapter 30 into its proper context. If you go back to chapter 27, in Deuteronomy 27 and 28, we're not going to take the time to look at those chapters or to read any of that text this morning. But in those two chapters, Moses is reminding Israel of both the blessings and 
the curse, the blessings that they would enjoy if they made the decision that they were going to love God, if they were going to trust God, if they were going to fully obey God, if in essence the blessings that they would receive if they would keep their end of the covenant relationship that they had entered into with God. But he also reminds them in those two chapters about the curses that they would incur if they decided that they weren't going to love God, if they were not going to trust God, if they were not going to be obedient to God, if they were instead going to put their trust in false gods, if they were going to live like the nations around them. And thus, they would incur curses if they broke their covenant with Jehovah. In chapters 29 and 30, Moses again is reminding Israel of the covenant relationship that they had with God, that God wanted to be their God and God had called them to be his people. And in these two chapters, he was urging them to keep God's word, to keep the covenant that they had entered into with him so that they would prosper, so that they would enjoy all of these blessings that God wanted to give them. But he also again warned them of God's punishment if they did not keep the covenant that God had made with them. And so he's giving them here in these chapters uh, as we come to the end of the book of Deuteronomy and as he's coming to the end of his earthly life, he's giving them a choice. Kind of like at the end of the book of Joshua, when Joshua there in chapters 23 and chapter 24 was giving the people a choice and uh, they chose at least on that occasion that they were going to be pleasing to God, that they were going to trust and obey God and they renewed their covenant with him. So Moses is really calling them to that same action and that same choice here at the end of Deuteronomy. This choice was a choice of life or death. Literally, a choice of life or death. And Moses here, as we just read in these few verses at the end of Deuteronomy chapter 30, he is urging the people before he departs this world to choose life. They have the choice to choose death, but he is urging them as strongly as he can to choose life. So how could the children of Israel choose life? How can we choose life today? And not just choose physical life here upon this earth, but how can we choose life which is eternal? Again, I want us to focus for the rest of our time on three things that Moses says how we can choose eternal life here at verse 20 of Deuteronomy chapter 30. The first way that we can choose life is to love the Lord our God. Earlier in the book of Deuteronomy, Moses instructed Israel to do this very thing. And he kind of repeats himself throughout this book. He is urging them, he is encouraging them He is instructing them to love the Lord their God with all of their being. We probably remember that instruction back in chapter 6. In Deuteronomy chapter 6 at verse 5, as he tells the children of Israel that they first of all need to listen to God and to remember that the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. And then he says in verse 5, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And of course, speaking, I think we mentioned this passage a few weeks ago in a lesson about parenting. Speaking especially and first and foremost to those who are parents among the Israelites, that you need to get your life right. You need to make sure that you are wholly and completely giving yourself to God, that you are loving Him with all of your being before you can instruct your children to do that very thing. In chapter 10 at verse 12, again, Moses says this, 
Now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require from you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, and love him and to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul? And he repeats those same words in the chapter that we're looking at this morning from chapter 30. Deuteronomy chapter 30, just notice a couple of these references at verse 6. He says, Moreover, the Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your descendants to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul so that you may live. There again, he is attaching this loving the Lord with all of their being to the blessings, to life itself. And then as we already read at verse 16, he reminds them again, that he is commanding, he says, I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments that you may live and multiply and that the Lord your God may bless you in the land where you are entering to possess it. The fact that Moses was telling Israel so many times throughout this book, he's kind of giving them, I guess we could say like we do about Joshua many times as we talked about in Joshua 23 and 24, kind of a farewell address to Israel, that Moses is giving a farewell address to his fellow Israelites before he is about to be, uh, before he is about to die. But he is just reminding them over and over throughout this book to love God and to do so with all of their being. And he says that is necessary to choosing life. If you want to experience that which truly is life, eternal, you need to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Loving God certainly is an outward expression. We, we can say that we love God. We often, even today, sing songs about how much we love God. Uh, we can say to God as we talk to Him in prayer that we love Him. We, in conversation to other people, we can uh, say that we love God. And it's certainly an outward expression, but I think Moses is trying to get the children of Israel here to realize, and us too, that loving God begins with an inward decision. It's not some kind of just emotional feeling that we have. Certainly there is emotion involved in love, in true love that we have for one another, whether it be our spouse or our children or our parents or our brothers and sisters in Christ or even God himself, that there is emotion that is involved in love. But love is not primarily an emotion. I think Moses is trying to point out to the children of Israel that love is primarily a choice. It is a decision that each of us has to make. And in order for Israel to truly love God, they would have to give all of themselves to him. As he says here, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. He's saying to the Israelites, to us, we have to love God with all of our will. We have to submit our will fully to his. We have to love God with all of our mind, with all of the intellectual capacity that God has given us. We have to love God with our emotions. We have to love God with our physical bodies, with the strength that he has provided to us. Uh, Jesus said much the same thing. I'm sure you remember this. I like Mark's account because uh, Mark in this conversation with the lawyer or the scribe uh, tells us to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. But when the scribe asked Jesus, what is the greatest, what's the first, the foremost commandment of all of the law that God has given through Moses, he answered by repeating the words of Moses that we are considering here at this point this morning. Jesus said to us that the greatest commandment, the one as Matthew records it in Matthew 22, the command on which 
all the law and the prophets rest or on which all the law and the prophets hang is to love God with all of one's being. I think we can all process that or understand that on an intellectual level, but when it gets down to a practical level, <laughs> uh, sometimes we do a good job of showing that we love God. Sometimes we are, we are good about making the decision that we're going to love God. There are other times in our life when we're not so good about that. When we can say that we love God, that God is our first love, but then our actions say something else that we really have chosen someone or something else to be God in our life at that particular point. So the second part, as we come back here to our text in Deuteronomy 30 and verse 20, really is an extension of loving the Lord our God and loving Him with all of our being. And we show that by obeying His voice, as Moses says here to us secondly. So listening to God, obeying His voice is really the result of loving Him as we should. It is a practical application of, of giving ourselves wholly and completely to God and, and saying to God, in essence, that there is no other God before Him, uh, that we have not replaced Him in our lives. And I think Moses made that connection even in this very text. If you go back again to verse 16 of Deuteronomy chapter 30, after he commands Israel to love God, he then said that they were to walk in God's ways. They were to keep God's commandments. They were to keep his statutes and his judgments. That is that they were to be in submission to God fully and completely. We know the history of Israel, don't we? <laughs> there were occasions when they were fully submissive to God, when they were... Uh, uh, step for step, walking with God in his way. And usually that happened when there was a leader who truly was loving God and there was a leader that was leading them in the way of God. This isn't just something, just like we talked about loving God, something that Moses said or something that is just an Old Testament principle. But I believe Jesus made that connection in the Gospel of John. I just have a couple of, of uh, passages here if you want to turn there very quickly to the Gospel of John. Uh, in John chapter 14, of course, this is the, the um, uh, last discourse that Jesus has with uh, the 11 uh, apostles before he is crucified. I think all of us are familiar with the words of Jesus in John 14 and verse 15, where he just very simply and plainly says to us there, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. That's not the only place here at verse 23. Jesus went on to say, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our abode with him. And then as Jesus talks about himself being the vine and his disciples, his apostles being the branches, and how we are to abide in him and to abide in his love and to abide in his word, and he will abide in us. In John 15 and verse 10, Jesus says there, again, like, much like he had said back in chapter 14, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. So you can see in these passages, maybe even more here from the Gospel of John, that Jesus is saying to his apostles and to us that love for him and being obedient to him, being submissive to him, that those two things go hand in hand. They are intertwined. They, they are very much connected to each other. We can't separate them. We can't say that we love God and yet we live life the way that we want to live without considering what God has said to us and following His plan for our life. 
On the other hand, it really doesn't do us any good if we just kind of have a checklist mentality to our lives and we say, yes, I've obeyed God in all these areas and we kind of check it all off, but it's really not motivated by our love for God. I think about maybe a good example of that, at least in my mind, is the rich young ruler. You know, when he came to Jesus and he said, from my youth, I I haven't uh, stolen anything. I haven't murdered anyone. I haven't committed adultery. I've honored my, my father and my mother. But his problem, I think, was that he really didn't love God (laughs) as he should have. Because if he had truly loved God with all of his being, when the Son of God said to him, sell your possessions and give that money to the poor and come and follow me, he would have gladly done that. So it is important for us to love God with all of who we are, but then we show that by our actions if we are living as obedient children. I want you to listen to the the way that the Apostle John uh, worded this same thought over in his uh, uh, first and second epistles. In 1 John chapter 5, uh, just like the Gospel of John speaks a lot about uh, God's love for us and our love for Him, so um, at least the first epistle speaks a lot about that as well. In 1 John chapter 5 and in verse 3, John says to us, therefore, this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. Over in 2 John chapter, or not chapter, it's only one chapter. <laughs> 2 John uh, verses 4 through 6, 2 John 4, John says, I was very glad to find some of your children walking in truth, just as we have received commandment to do from the Father. Now I ask you, lady, not as though I were writing to you a new commandment, but the one which we have had from the beginning that we love one another. And this is love that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment, just as you have heard from the beginning, that we should walk in it. So the greatest, again, of all the commandments, the foundation of everything that God has said to us in his word is loving him. And as John points out to us, not just in this passage, but elsewhere here in 1 John, that shows itself practically in our life by loving one another, loving the children of God. So there is a definite connection that John is making for us here between our love for God and our obedience to Him. So we all need to examine our own lives and to examine our own hearts, just as I believe Moses was uh, instructing and encouraging Israel to do here. Uh, As we look at our own lives Can we honestly say that we love God if we do not obey Him? And if we do not obey Him with all of our heart and with all of our soul? I'm not asking you this morning if you uh, are a person who just uh, shows perfect obedience in your life every day. None of us do that. We we all fall short. Uh, We we are all, there are all times in our life when uh, we fail to obey God. We fail to submit our will to His. We become selfish, self-centered people. And we want to do what we want to do rather than what God has told us to do. But I'm saying as you think about generally the direction that your life is going, are you a person who is trying to obey God? And not just to keep some list, but to show that you truly love Him. And because you love Him, that you're going to do what He has commanded us to do. Go back again to chapter 30 and notice a couple of verses here, uh, some things that that Moses says in this regard. At verse 2, 
he says to the uh, children of Israel, that you return to the Lord your God and obey him with all your heart and soul according to all that I command you today, you and your sons. Verse 10, if you obey the Lord your God to keep his commandments and his statutes, which are written in this book of the law, if you turn to the Lord your God with all your heart and soul. And then verse 14, he says as he's trying to encourage I hear in these verses the children of Israel that this is not some unreasonable request that Moses is making of Israel or God's making of Israel, that this is something that they can do, that we can do. He says there at verse 14, but the word is very near you in your mouth and in your heart that you may observe it, that you don't have to go beyond the sea. You don't have to, uh, it's not something that is almost impossible for you to do, that this is something that is very possible for you to keep God's word because for Israel, God's word was supposed to be inside of them. It was supposed to be in their mind and in their heart. And that should be true for us today that yes, even though we have the advantage of God's word in written form and even in digital form today, we just have the word of God available to us in so many different forms that if we don't have that with us, we really ought to know God's word. That ought to be written on our hearts. It should be in our minds at all time. In order for us to obey God's voice, we have to obey all that he has said. Again, that's not to say that we're going to be perfect in keeping God's word. But it is to say that we can't just pick what pleases us. We can't just pick some things out of the word of God that maybe come naturally to us or things that, that don't get us out of our comfort zone. Because Moses is urging Israel here at chapter 30 and verse 8, to obey the Lord, to observe all of his commandments, which Moses was commanding them today. I think Moses was trying to impress upon his fellow Israelites the need for wholehearted obedience. And that obedience that is just kind of half-hearted or halfway is really not obedience at all. That he was saying, if you really love God with all of your being like you're supposed to, that means that you will obey God's voice. And you will listen to everything that he has said, whether you like that or not, whether that, whether that um, sinks with your way of thinking about things or not. And so for us today, we must obey all that God has said with all of our heart if we're going to choose life, if we're going to take hold of that which is life eternal. And then thirdly, and I think another extension of what Moses has already said here, if we're going to choose life, we've got to hold fast to God. Just like loving and obeying God, Moses often repeated this instruction to the Israelites to, to cling tightly to God. Just notice a few of these uh, passages. I guess somebody wants us to do an update this morning. Um, Deuteronomy chapter 10. Deuteronomy chapter 10 at uh, verse 20 uh, Moses says here that you shall fear the Lord your God, you shall serve him and cling to him, and you shall swear by his name. Over in chapter 11 at verse 22, uh, Moses said this to the Israelites, For if you are careful to keep all this commandment, which I am commanding you to do, to love the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, and hold fast to him. And then chapter 13 and verse 4, he says that you shall follow the Lord your God and fear him. You shall keep his commandments, listen to his voice, serve him, and cling to him. 
and some of these verses, especially that last one we just read, 13 and verse 4, Moses kind of sums up everything that he's saying here in chapter 30 and verse 20. That we are to love God with all of who we are. We are to obey His voice, listen to His voice, heed His voice, and we are to hold fast to Him. In our text, Moses, once again, here at chapter 30 and verse 20, is telling Israel, you need to hold fast. You need to cling to God. You need to cleave to Jehovah. Whatever translation you're reading from may use some of those different words. But the word that is used here is the same word that Moses used back in Genesis 2 and verse 24, describing the marriage relationship that For this reason, a man is to leave his father and mother and he is to cleave or cling to or hold fast to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. So Moses is telling Israel before he's about to depart this earth, what you need to do as God's children is you need to be glued to God. You need to be stuck together, if you will, with God. You need to be inseparable from Him. You need to be committed to God by loving Him, by obeying Him for the rest of your days. And again, as we know Israel's history, sometimes they were good about doing that. (laughs) Oftentimes they weren't. Oftentimes they showed that they loved someone or something more than they loved God. And they were willing to trust in some idol. They were willing to uh, obey uh, someone else rather than obeying God. They were willing to cling to their things rather than clinging to the one who had Bless them with all of those things. And we can have the same problem today, can't we? It's it's not enough for us just to love and obey God when we become his child. When we come out of the waters of baptism and we're excited about serving and following God and being more like him. It's not enough for us just to love and obey God on this day, on Sunday, when we are gathered with his people It's not enough for us just to love and obey God when we are around other Christians or when we feel like it, we wake up in the morning and today is just a good day. And so, yes, I I think that I will love God today with all of my heart. And I think that I will be submissive to God's will and carry that out. and, And I will stay very close to God today. We can't just do it on those days and expect to receive eternal life. Moses was instructing the children of Israel and by extension, us, that we must hold fast to God. We must faithfully serve Him, whether we feel like that or not. And there will be some days, if you've been a Christian long enough, there will be some days when you really don't feel like it. From an emotional, mental standpoint, you don't feel like serving God. You don't feel like being a Christian. Just like for those of us who are married, there are days that we don't feel like being married. We don't feel like loving our spouse as we should or clinging tightly to our spouse. For those of us who are parents, <laughs> there are some mornings when we wake up, wake up and get out of bed that we don't feel like being a parent. Couldn't we just take today off? Or children don't want to be submissive to their parents today. But Moses is telling us here, we need to draw close to God. We need to stay close to God. We need to be faithful to Him. Because again, as we just said, Israel had the tendency to love and obey God for a while, only to then turn away from Him and serve idols. I think one thing we can say about Israel's history, which we can probably say about ourselves, is that for the most part, Israel didn't have a lot of staying power, did they? (laughs) 
in their relationship with God, in their covenant relationship with Him. So we need to be people who are so close to God, we are so stuck together to God, that there is absolutely nothing or no one in our life that can pull us away from Him. Not the pleasures of life, not the trials of life, nothing in life can pull us away from Him. You might be thinking about the words of Paul in Romans chapter 8 at the end of that chapter. You know, what can separate us from the love of God? There's absolutely nothing other than our choice to separate ourselves from the love of God. But we can experience all the good and bad of life, and none of that will pull us away from God if we are truly committed to Him. So we all face a lot of choices every day in our life, and each of us faces the same choice that Moses was putting before Israel here in Deuteronomy chapter 30. Are we going to experience God's blessing or God's curse in our life? Are we going to experience good and evil? Are we going to experience life or death? And we're all making a choice today, whether we realize that or not. Sometimes, again, in the, what we think of as being just small choices every day. But those choices are moving us in one direction or the other toward eternal life or eternal death. Well, I would concur with Moses and I would urge all of us, myself included, to choose life. But that's not the easy path, is it? We, we have chosen, at least from a worldly standpoint, to walk a difficult path, but the rewards are great. And so let's think about that as we're about to dismiss to our classes this morning as we go throughout this day and throughout this week to keep that in the back of our mind and let us all be about the business of choosing life this week. Thank you for your good attention.